the ladies of the evening, we know they're there because we have EVPs of them. And the EVPs are saying things you would say when you're having sex with someone for money or not. Well, they're sexual. The EVPs are sexual. I haven't seen any pictures that were really sexual, but the EVPs, there are plenty of them where the ghosts will say something like, oh, baby, that's right. That's good. Yeah, I like it like that. Things like that. Haunted homes are often portrayed as spooky spaces occupied by ghosts who aren't willing to share their homes with the living. Spooky. They're not spooky to me. Mm-hmm. They don't scare me because I've gotten so used to them, I guess. I guess the first couple of weeks I was here, it was a little creepy. But um, the good thing about coming in here is because I knew it was haunted. And me and my younger daughter, we were doing paranormal investigations before I got here. So I had all my equipment and I got to know all the spirits like real well right off that. So just kind of fell right into it. Years go by, buildings change hands, sometimes they even stay vacant. The one constant is the spirits who are anchored to these locations. And he says that he's talking to uh, a ghost that he has talked to before. Her name was Cindy, and she was a young girl uh, at the age of seven. And Cindy was very lonely. She had died during an epidemic. Uh, Maybe it was flu, uh, maybe it was cholera, we're not sure what it was. But her family had died, uh, is what his story was. And that she was now sort of uh, a period of time after her family died, that she lived in the house alone and then shortly thereafter contracted the same illness um, and died. And she was very lonely, and she loved the fact that they would come and that they would do their investigations because she would have someone uh, to talk to. I'm Bailey Friday, and as Halloween approaches, North Texas wants to know, is DFW haunted? So Debbie Davis has been an innkeeper at Miss Molly's for a little over a year now. And trust me, she has plenty of stories about the spirits on that property. Honestly, she could probably write a whole book about it. As for the hotel itself, it seems like a cozy place. It is a cozy place. Until you learn the stories of the souls who choose to call it home. It was built in 1910. Uh, It was a high-end hotel starting off. It was a hotel for quite a few years. Uh, About the 40s, in the 40s sometime, it turned into the brothel. It was a brothel through the mid-50s until they outlawed prostitution. And uh, it turned into a boarding house. They used it as a boarding house for several years. And it's been Miss Molly since 89. Miss Molly's Hotel in the Fort Worth Stockyards is a very quaint, very charming, vintage stay. It's actually really easy to miss. It's just a pink door identifying the lodge. Then, upon entering, you're greeted by a very daunting staircase and a lot of Halloween decorations. They are awesome. So what kind of things have you seen? Um, it just depends on how active they feel like being. Uh, some days are more active than others. I have uh, seven spirits here that I know personally of. Uh, one being Jake, who lives in room seven. He lived here during the boarding house days and died in that room, so he thinks that's still his room, so he comes back. He's well known around the stockyards everywhere, though, because he shows up at the bars and the restaurants and stuff. After they close at night, girls will see his apparition down at the end of the bar. Wow. And uh, so he still gets around, but 
he gets a little impatient sometimes if somebody's in his room and he'll pace back and forth in front of the door and they'll hear his spurs and his boots outside the door. Uh, or he'll, Paula, when Paula was here, the other innkeeper, she actually saw him going in there a couple of times, saw his apparition. They'd go in there, lock the door, and turn on the lights, and she'd have to go over there and open the door back up, turn the lights back off. He'd do it again. My husband and I actually booked a room at Miss Molly's back in January. At that time, did not realize exactly how haunted it's supposed to be. Just needed a place to stay. Uh, <laughs> looking back, I don't know if we would stay there again. Just having heard all the stories. It was a wonderful place to stay, but very uh, creepy. We stayed in a room called the Gunslinger Room. I didn't think anything of this at the time. But we kept misplacing things. And it was driving me crazy. Things like my makeup, my hairbrush, I had just laid them out. Suddenly they were missing. And it was really frustrating. I was asking my husband, did you move this? No, I didn't move this, I promise. Okay, well, we check out. I chalked all that up to absent-mindedness until I started talking to Debbie. Without me even telling her that I'd stayed at Miss Molly's in the past, she offered up some very interesting information about a couple of spirits who apparently favor the gunslinger room. I've got two boys here, Stephen and Daniel. Stephen's 12, Daniel's 9. They're my little tricksters. They're the ones that call my little tricksters. They like to play tricks on people. They're the ones that always mess with people more than anybody. Uh, they'll get into your stuff. They'll throw your stuff around, uh, pull the covers off the beds. Uh, when I'm here by myself, they love to do stuff like playing on the stairs. Okay, so Debbie took us on a little tour of some of the rooms in one room, supposedly haunted by the ghost of a little girl named Emma. One of my podcast producers and I witnessed something, <laughs> I don't know, it seemed kind of paranormal. Uh, of course, I have Emma in her room. Rope three, she was a little girl that was born to one of the prostitutes in the, pro in the brothel days. She was born in that room and then she died in that room at age seven. Her little toys on there for her to play with. She plays with them all day. They go off all day, her little uh, activated tiger. Her, she's got a little bunch of activated tiger that she loves to play with. It'll go off all day, but uh, when nobody's in her room. I myself tend to be a skeptic, but I'll just tell you what happened, okay? So, all through this interview, we keep hearing cooing noises coming from one of the empty rooms. The door's closed, right? We can't see inside. Debbie tells us, oh, that's just Emma. She's playing with one of her toys. Well, we end up going on this tour. We go into Emma's room and see a little stuffed tiger sitting on her bed. Suddenly, the tiger starts talking. And it's moving its mouth, and it's clapping. Nobody was near this thing. I'm telling you, we we're all standing at the door. The tiger's on the bed. It's moving. And Debbie, very nonchalantly, is like, oh, hi, Emma. Apparently, Emma is not the only ghost who likes saying hi to people visiting her room. Um, I have Miss Josie, of course. Josie King. That was her room. She's uh, is her room. I should say she's still in there. But um, she was the madam here during brothel days. And uh, she was living here and worked here when she died. So she's still running that place. She still thinks it's a brothel, so that's still her room. Uh, she'll show up at the end of the bed. People will see her apparition. It's just a white apparition at the end of the bed. 
She likes to stand out there and watch people sleep, which is really creepy. You <laughs> know, it's like, you know, why are you standing there staring at me? But as soon as they, she realizes they see her, she'll disappear. I think people have experiences. I think these experiences are authentic in the sense that they are real experiences that are not easily explained. I don't know what those experiences are. Um, you know, it could be you know, a, a perceptual distortion. It could be uh, you know, something that is uh, related to a more natural kind of uh, event. Uh, you know, we, we have a tendency that when, when something happens, uh, we make snap judgments. You know, we talk about this in the class a lot. Uh, we look for patterns in the world. Uh, we try to make sense out of the world. And if something seems a little bit off, uh, we start to look for explanations. And if we quickly sort of rule things out, then we may conclude that it's just something that is paranormal. So I think that people have experiences. I think they're elusive. That is Tim Barth. He's a professor and associate dean in the College of Science Engineering at Texas Christian University. Here is a class you probably didn't know you could take. Barth teaches a class on parapsychology, extrasensory perception, and more science-based studies on spirits. Parapsychology was a, became a field of study that was created initially by a group of uh, scientists, philosophers, uh, poets back in the late 1800s uh, in England when they formed what was the Society for Psychical Research uh, that uh, was investigating at the time uh, really, the age, it was during the age of spiritualism, uh, and what was the craze at the time was uh, going to a seance and communicating with uh, what you know, people thought were uh, either friends or family that had passed away, uh, and it became a, a, uh, a big deal during that period of time. Have you ever visited Miss Molly's in oh, Fort Worth? Yes. Yes, I have. Oh, okay, you got to tell me, do you think that place is haunted? Well, we went, I went there once and actually spent the night. And, and unfortunately, I did not have any experiences uh, when I was there, other than the fact that there were a lot of rowdy people outside the window that kept, kept us up at night. Um, but I have had some of my students in the class that I teach go there, and they have had experiences, things like um, waking up and finding that some of their belongings had been moved from one location in the room to another, hearing uh, the toilet flush when there was you know, no way that should have happened. Uh, lights turning on when there was no one else in the room. So some of my students have had experiences, but uh, I, I really tried hard and <laughs> nothing happened to me when I was there. Is there ever a point in your life where you didn't believe in spirits and ghosts? You know, I never really thought about it until 2013. Really? Yes. I never even thought about ghosts and spirits until 2013. And my brother passed away, mm -hmm. and uh, he was my best friend at the time. He still is, but uh, he's here with me, by the way. But um, he, uh, I just, I had such a hard time dealing with it. It was unacceptable to me that he was actually gone. Mm -hmm. I started talking to him and started trying to figure out how I could communicate with him. But before then, I never even crossed my mind. Mm -hmm about spirits or ghosts or never encountered anything like that to even put it in my mind. To this extent, no. No. I had a healthy curiosity about it, but 
did I believe you could walk into a haunted house and have an experience with a spirit? Not really. I did. No. But at the same time, I have I'm I am spiritual but not religious. So I believe in spirit. I don't necessarily believe in religion. And I've had a lot of experiences with spirit, but they're my personal experiences. These experiences are public. These mm-hmm. experiences happen for anybody that comes in the house. You don't have to be religious or spiritual or anything. Linda Hill is the owner of a haunted house. And no, not a haunted house where you go and people jump out and you get scared. No, I'm talking about a haunted house. She was looking for a property to rent out with her husband and wound up as co-owner of Hill House Manor in Gainesville. And while this haunted house has not been able to retain any living tenants, apparently it's occupied by dirty talking ghosts. My husband was showing a house across the street and the woman he was showing it to pointed to Hill House and said, that house is haunted. My aunt lived there 30 years ago, and it was haunted then, and it's still haunted. It's always been haunted. That was our first hint. And so my husband came and told me about it. And I said, well, you know, if you're new in a neighborhood, and the neighbors start telling you that your house is haunted, now everything you hear Everything that goes bump in the night is going to be a ghost. Mm-hmm. And you're just gonna, your mind is going to take over. It's probably yeah. not haunted because we've been staying here. That It was a Saturday afternoon. I had been working on Hill House itself. I was just done. I was done for the day. So I went over to our side of the house, the apartment that we were staying in, and started getting undressed to take a shower. I just wanted to wash all this crud off of me. From the carpet. So I'm getting undressed in the bedroom, and my husband, who has already quit for the day, and he's on the internet in the bedroom, he says, Oh, looking good. I said, Well, thank you. I go in, I'm in the shower, I'm cooling down, I'm starting to feel more human. And my husband comes to the door and he stands in the door and he says, Looking good. He says it again. I said, well, thank you again. What are you up to or something? You know, we (laughs) talked, we talked for a minute just about what we'd been doing for the day and, you know, what's been going on. And then he left towards the front of the house. And about 30 seconds later, he comes out of the bedroom again and stands in the door. And I said, how did you get back in the bedroom? He said, I've been in the bedroom. Who were you talking to? I was like, oh my God. Okay, maybe they're telling us the truth and it is haunted. You you described some of the spirits and the ghosts as sexual. What does that mean? What makes you say that? It was a it was a comment in passing, actually. Legend has it that this house was speakeasy during prohibition. And a speakeasy has liquor and it usually has a card game going on. And we've got card games going on or set up in the house so that they can play cards if they want to. And it will sometimes have ladies of the evening. And this one, we're pretty sure, had at least three ladies of the evening. If you're worried about Linda and her husband's future as landlords, don't be. They have found a very specific group of people to rent to now. Paranormal investigators. And business is good. 
Does everybody have the ability to see spirits? No, no, not everyone. Um, you know, and, and many times you go to these and they call it a spirit circle. Uh, many of the people that are there don't uh, have an experience at all, but some of them, you know, you know maybe 60%, 70% uh, have an experience um, that is that seems authentic. Uh, I'm not at this point willing to say it's real spirit communication, but nonetheless, it's an experience, it's an experience that's hard to explain. What do you say to people who don't believe any of this is real? I'll be like, it's your choice. It's your choice. It's totally choice. It's, I'm not going to try and convince them otherwise, because I know what I live with mm -hmm. and what's here. And you don't want to live, you don't want to believe it, that's fine, you know. Like, those big biker dude and his wife uh, stayed in Josie's room, and uh, he came in. His wife was a total believer. She's like, yeah, he doesn't believe any of any of this. She's like, I just love it, though. I really get into his stuff. And he, he's sitting on, on there in that chair. And he's like, ah, yeah, it's nonsense. And blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, that's totally cool. I was like, it's totally up to you if you want to believe it or not. If you don't, that's fine. I don't care. Next morning, I got up and came out of my room, and he was sitting over there having coffee. Having a cup of coffee, he's like, oh, yeah, um, okay, well, Maybe I need to change my mind a little bit. <laughs> he has St. Josie. I'm Bailey Friday at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thank you so much for joining me on our podcast, North Texas Wants to Know. I hope this episode didn't get too spooky for you. Before you go, please give us a rating and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you liked this episode, share it with your friends. This episode was produced by Chris Blake and Savannah Jones. Original music by Michael Eisenstein. Editorial support from Cooper Mall. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan. Music